Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. All right, you're welcome back to uh, Off the Ball. We are approaching uh, 9 pm on this uh, lovely Tuesday evening. Delighted to have you along with us. It's myself and Kieran in studio with you until 10 o'clock. We're going to talk football in the next hour. We're going to be to- uh, joined by Luke Edwards of the Daily Telegraph to talk about the storm surrounding uh, Raheem Sterling, not of his making, but certainly surrounding him. Uh, so we're going to get the details of all that a bit later on. And Dan McDonnell is in to talk uh, all things football and reflect on... Uh, I mean, I don't know how much reflecting we want to do, but we're going to do it anyway, uh, with Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent a bit later on in the Republic of Ireland, uh, their defeat at the hands of France last night. So uh, before all that, we want to turn to basketball, the NBA final setting to begin this uh, Friday morning, 2 a.m. Irish time, if you want to set your alarm clocks. Uh, we're looking forward to yet another historic uh, best-of-seven NBA championship tie between, you guessed it, the Golden State Warriors and LeBron James Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Steph Curry and his Warriors side will be gunning for their sixth NBA championship beginning on Friday morning and third in four years, whilst arguably the greatest NBA player of all time, uh, LeBron James, a man who has now reached eight consecutive NBA finals, is looking to inspire his hometown, the Cavs, uh, to just their second NBA championship. So the fourth time these two have met, in the finals and I'm delighted to say to look ahead to it. I mean, I did say uh, that we were looking forward to yet another uh, historic uh, series, but the our next guest's latest tweet, Kieran says, <laughs> I believe I'm going to be on Off The Ball soon to talk about the NBA finals, which is weird because I'm totally not even going to watch it, Ryan Jones of Star <laughs> Magazine. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't say whether I'm serious or not, I guess. I don't want to get that away. You're, uh, you're, you're hugely engaged by this one. Is that a, the short story here? Well, it's, you know, it, it seemed inevitable for a lot of the year. Uh, you know, the Celtics, um, you know, when it looked like they were going to be healthy, and even when they weren't, it looked like they really might give Cleveland a run, and obviously that series did go seven games. And the Cavs had plenty of problems throughout the season. Uh, and then the Rockets, as we saw last night, really gave Golden State um, quite a run and, and probably maybe would have stolen that series if Chris Paul was healthy. But at the end, this still feels a bit inevitable, uh, Warriors and Cavs again. And 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 if it feels inevitable that they're meeting now, it feels more, much more so that the Cavs don't have a prayer. Uh, they're just outmanned. And as as great as LeBron is and playing about his best basketball of his career at this point, uh, the Warriors just have a lot more guys. So yeah, it's a little there's there's a little bit of a disappointment of a sense of it's probably not really going to be a series. I think. Yeah, yeah Ryan. Just from reading what I've read over the last few days about it, there does seem to be that weariness that because of the same pairing again, and most people seem to think the result is fairly predictable. Is there a bit of fatigue there? I think so. I think that if, if there was a sense that they were more evenly matched, uh, I don't think that would be quite the same issue. You know, I think if there was a sense that it was really a toss-up series. You know, I grew up in the 1980s on the Lakers-Celtics rivalry, and I'm sure there were a lot of other fan bases who felt that that got to be tiring, that it, it seemed like it was the Lakers or the Celtics almost every year. I think, what, eight out of the 10 in the 1980s, and a few of those were head-to-head. You know, when they did meet head-to-head, it was always a toss-up series. They were both so good. Uh, I think the issue here, like I said, is that other than that, uh, you know, great upset, historic upset two years ago, once the Warriors got Kevin Durant last year, and, 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 and even back to this year where they looked a bit more vulnerable, but where they are right now, mostly healthy, uh, and the Cavs, you know, sort of just getting by with LeBron and uh, sort of random, you know, spare change. Uh, it just doesn't seem like there's much chance of a competitive series. So I think yeah. that's the frustration. And Steph Curry, um, I saw some quotes from Steph saying he was quite annoyed that people are saying it's all about LeBron. He said that's disrespectful to the other players. But ultimately, it is about him. Like if he doesn't have one of his uh, one of the incredible games he's capable of, then they haven't a prayer really. 
Yeah, he's he's got to play at sort of his ceiling as high as that is just for them to have a chance. You know, if he just has a pretty good game, they don't have a prayer. If he plays, uh, you know, really, really, really well, you still need a couple of other guys to sort of step up and play great. Jeff Green, uh, an unlikely candidate for that, uh, did that in game seven against the Celtics. But with Kevin Love banged up, they don't know his abil- uh, availability yet for the first game with the concussion issue from the last game. Uh, you know, there's really just not a lot of other options. And they need two or three of those guys to play very well, probably to have a chance here. And the, the story last night, Ryan, uh, just before we get back to the uh, the upcoming finals, just in terms of the uh, Warriors-Rockets game, that in Game 7 last night, um, Steph Curry, Curry gets it done again. Is that the short story from that? Well, yeah, Curry and Duran, and, and really, I mean, I, you, know, you hate to make it about the team that lost, but the Rockets, uh, I think the streak was 19, 20, 21, 23 in a row, missed three-pointers, just a, a really hard thing to do <laughs> at that level. You'd think a couple of them might have gone in even accidentally. Uh, so they really sort of, uh, again, without Chris Paul, who kind of gave him a mental toughness that I don't think anyone else on that roster could give him, uh, could give them with him out injured, they just sort of looked desperate and they just kept chucking and missing and, and the Warriors were hitting and, and that pretty much yeah, decided things. Um, so yeah, like we've uh, LeBron James is. I mean, I mentioned the intrigue around this game is probably the greatest uh, intrigue around it, and maybe the greatest intrigue of NBA of all time. But uh, I mean, of some of the stats here, uh, the stuff that he's achieved um, over his career and over the season, he's uh, the only player to ever post over 600 total points, 160 rebounds, 150 assists, uh, 30 made threes in a single playoff, and the finals haven't begun, and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, but I mean, your sense from from what uh, what you're saying is that you know even if this guy plays to his peak of his powers that you know calves don't have a prayer was the expression that I wrote down here a little bit earlier. <laughs> I think so. I think uh, you know I mean they could steal a game maybe too, but again the Warriors just have proven too many times these past few years, especially since Durant has been there. You know they can afford to have a Steph Curry have an off night because you've still got Kevin Durant who's at his best about the most unstoppable scorer in the league. They can afford to have Kevin Durant have an off night, and maybe even Curry and, and Clay Thompson might give you 35 points. They've just got too many options. With the Cavs, there's there's just not another option really. So what like with all that uh, context and the importance of LeBron to the Cavs and the importance of LeBron in the game, um, what's he's leaving by all accounts uh, uh, un, uh, irreparable relationship between himself and the owners. Well, I mean, it's been ugly since before he came back. You know, it's been ugly with Dan Gilbert, right. the Cavs owner, since he left, uh, you know, when he went to Miami, what, eight years ago now. Uh, so there's a sort of a chill there. But I think LeBron, because he's been able to return largely on his own terms, was able to sort of put that aside and, and win in spite of him, perhaps. Um, so I'm not convinced that LeBron is definitely gone. There's not another single uh, team situation that's clearly better than what he might have in Cleveland. There are definitely some possibilities, Philadelphia, Houston, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers get mentioned a lot, but I don't think any of those are a lock. I think it's gonna be about what he decides beyond basketball. I mean, basketball is obviously a component, but his family life, his community involvement, his career, uh, his interests business-wise and otherwise uh, off the court, I think all those things have a role to play. And I really think it's it's a toss-up right now. Ryan, Warriors coach Steve Kerr, I, I can't think of any um, coach in any major sport across the world who's so outspoken in political issues, like even the last uh, week when he was asked about the NFL protests on the anthem, he called them idiotic, pandering, fake patriotism. How has that gone down in the US? 
you know, the NBA fan base uh, and certainly the, the Northern California and Golden State fan base uh, probably, t you know, trend pretty liberal and progressive, certainly compared to where our country is at generally right now. You know, Kerr's background uh, is pretty interesting. His father was a diplomat who was murdered uh, when he was fairly young. Um, so he's got some kind of hard-earned perspective on, on bigger issues than most people would. He worked with Greg Popovich. Uh, you know, played under him and worked with Greg Popovich, who, you know, is a former military guy who's also very outspoken on stuff like this. Um, so I think he sort of feels like he's earned the right and he's experienced some things in his life where he's going to speak out. He's not going to sit back on that sort of thing. And he's in the right job and the right community probably to be to have that largely embraced. It's, it's great to see. I'm a huge fan of Kurz. Mm -hmm. He's not a guy that tends to, uh, outside of that, like give very much away, right? He doesn't tend to overly detail what's going on. There's been a lot of conversation about why um, the Warriors are so effective in, in the in the third quarter and Curry's form particularly. What's the, any speculation around that or what's your, what's your thinking on it, Ryan? You know, it's funny because you watch them do it so often, it's almost like there's some magic to it. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain sometimes. They seem to come out of halftime just sort of confident and knowing it's going to happen and their, their opponents often do as well. I think last night was sort of an extreme version of it. But you knew as soon as Curry hits one or two, there's just this sense that they're all just very loose and in rhythm and, and, and very confident. Uh, and as an opponent, you see that and it, it gets so dispiriting uh, so quickly. You know, it really sort of just makes you think, oh, it's, this is just destined to go against us. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's this idea that I think momentum isn't a real thing and it's not a real tangible thing. I, like, I agree with that. But then you see that stuff and you go, yeah, but isn't it? <laughs> so it's, it's just a terrifying thing to watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Cavs' capacity to uh, deal with that in terms of defense, like, you know, bottom, uh, bottom two in the NBA defensively during the regular season doesn't necessarily, it backs up your, um, your point about uh, Cavs don't have a prayer. Yeah, that's the thing. The Cavs have got a, you know, one thing that the, the Warriors really thrive on, especially in those third quarter runs, but anytime they're rolling offensively, uh, is the other team misses. And again, it's whether it's your, your rushing shots uh, or, or however the case, but, but when the other team misses, the Warriors then are getting looks in transition and there's that movement and passing and, and it helps them so much. So, you know, if you've got to be able to at least score to slow things down, um, but if you're, you're missing as well and, and then you're not great defensively, you're, you're pretty much doomed against these guys. There's something, it's been talked about for quite a while, Ryan, that this is, um, this could be LeBron's last season uh, with the Cavaliers that this could be his last game. Do you think he will move on? Yeah, no, I, like you mentioned earlier, I think that there's a chance he does, mm -hmm. um, you know, of the other possibilities, you know, again, Houston, LA, um, Philadelphia, and there's some other sort of dark horses in there, I think, but there's not any place that makes sort of perfect sense. You know, there's not a place where you go, okay, yeah, that's definitely where he has to go. Uh, you know, and again, he's so involved in so many things off the court, you know, he's got the Hollywood interests, uh, a lot of different business interests, media interests, um, you know, restaurants, all kinds of investments, and then his community involvement, particularly in Akron in Northeast Ohio, that stuff really matters to him. And his kids now, his son, I think, maybe starts high school either next year or the year after. Uh, he wants to be close to them and feel like they're in a comfortable area. His family is still all largely based in Northeast Ohio. So I think those are the factors that, that you can't rule out why he might stay. Um, you know, and the, and the trades that the Cavs made midseason made them a bit younger and a bit more flexible. So even though, again, they're probably not going to be on the level of Golden State anytime soon, you know, he, he's, it's his team, he, he's comfortable there, and they've got some options around him. So uh, I think there's a chance he stays absolutely, but there's a great chance he leaves. And I wouldn't, I'm not sure he knows right now. I, I, I would guess that he probably doesn't 
yet. I think once the season's over, then, you know, he'll get with sort of his team off the court and, and they'll look at all their options and feel the offers and decide what they need to do. We've had uh, a couple of texts in, one text and one tweet on very much the same uh, theme. The tweet is from Chris Krieger saying uh, the most joyless, joyless finals ever. I mean, that's uh, very much the sentiment that you're offering us as well uh, this evening, Ryan. Is that kind of generally the sense of things over there? Or are they just really failing to capture the imagination of the U.S. public? Well, I mean, listen, I, I, my, my pro-LeBron, uh, pro-Cleveland bias definitely plays in here. I've probably enjoyed the Warriors uh, dynasty less than some people have. Um, but I do think that, yeah, there's a lot of folks who, um, you know, the ratings have been really good through the playoffs, even when the games and the series weren't necessarily that competitive. So I think the ratings will be good early on. We'll see if it looks like it's going to be a sweep uh, and there's really no drama. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a sense among a lot of fans, definitely not all, uh, that the predictability of it does take a lot of the fun out of it. And a couple of, uh, one other text here, tweet from J-Rod who says we should sit back and enjoy LeBron's greatness for as long as he can possibly keep it up. And a text from Paul in Dublin, uh, LeBron getting this team to the finals is the greatest achievement of his career. And by the sounds of things, uh, that will be the, the end of the achievement, uh, Ryan, that that's, uh, this is all going the Warriors' way. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, I was having a conversation with someone when the playoffs started and, and sort of made that point that just getting this team to the finals would sort of feel a little bit like a championship. There's no trophies, and LeBron, I'm sure, won't rate it at that level. But as far as an accomplishment, uh, and again, granted, it was a weekend Eastern Conference, uh, which it has been for a while, but given the issues with this Cavs team to get them back here and the level he's played at, you know, I don't. I think no matter what happens in the finals, it's hard to look at this season, this playoff run, as anything other than a confirmation of, of just how good he is. Yeah, all right. Well, listen, I mean, I know you're not going to be watching them, but do enjoy the, uh, do enjoy <laughs> the games. Ryan Jones. <laughs> Ryan Jones Thanks, of Thomas. Slam Magazine. Cheers. Joining us on the line there uh, from the States ahead of uh, the weekend of basketball. You ever been to a game? I haven't actually. No, I'd love to. Went to a game a few years ago and uh, like as a nation who love events, they are spectacular events. Went yeah. to the Knicks versus somebody. Um, can't remember who. What kind of uh, seats were you? Were you reasonable? Garden. Because you can be no, up in the guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think back row, in fact. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, you get into it. You get foam fingers out. You get a couple of beers in hand. It's like Hot everybody, dogs. everybody's yeah. having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Um, like it's an event. Yeah, absolutely. You know? No, so it would be. Um, it's one I think you would have to put on the to-do list at some ah, stage. Ah, class. Yeah. yeah, particularly at the garden as well. I mean, the yeah. Knicks were tonked that night, and they were shocking, and it was... Yeah. I've been um, to boxing there. I've never been to... All right, yeah, yeah. Which is like big, big garden, experience. small garden, right? Isn't there? Yeah, it was at the big back. Uh, the, the big back. Yeah. The big the big garden for Roy Jones, Kazag, yeah. and Joe Kazag a few years ago. Right. Because um, it was a from natural home, right? That's the... Yeah, that's the, that's the way they're, they're, they seem to be selling them. They, they want to, uh, it's a very interesting place to go to, just even to walk around the crowd. And uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of bling, a lot of, uh, a lot of people who look like they might be good friends with Tony Soprano. Yeah, boxing does tend to attract uh, all sorts, doesn't yeah. it? It's an interesting crowd at times. Righto, that is it uh, on the basketball ahead of the uh, upcoming finals. Hope you enjoy that. Uh, we've lots more coming your way. We're going to talk about, I mean, stay with us. We're going to talk about the Republic of Ireland versus France. What's not to love about that? And we're also going to discuss the latest events uh, surrounding Raheem Sterling. That's all coming your way shortly. Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.